guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to That's Not In Your Book. I am your host, Agent X, and I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Please remember that no AA member, including guests on the show, speak for AA as a whole. The only aim of this podcast is to be helpful. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so at any time at that's on the book at hotmail.com. Today, I have my guest here who I forced to be on the show at nine o'clock in the morning and the ungodly hour, my friend Max. Hi, Max. Hi. Are you also <laughs> a member of Alcoholics Anonymous? I am, uh, well, anonymously, God. so. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank God. And you're so anonymous that, first of all, I thought you were English. And I wasn't exactly sure if you were male or female. I was leaning towards um, male. But, like, you're so anonymous that I was wildly disappointed when you got on without an English accent. And you were wildly disappointed <laughs> that I didn't have an Australian ac- accent and listen to this. I was on a meeting once, like I was sharing in America somewhere. And and the guy goes, you're a wish Australian. And I was like, what does that even mean? And he goes, it's like when you order something from wish and you think it's going to be cool, but really it's generic and it sucks. <laughs> well, that's horrible. <laughs> so you're a wish English guy because you're just not. We're just Americans who live other places. But what were you saying? Like, I cut you off to finish your story because I wanted to talk about it here. You literally said you got to Belgium on a geographical. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, I got to Europe on one. I mean, sort of that and sort of I was following my soon-to-be wife. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah. So we lived in, I lived in the U.S. She's Polish. And then she, um, we met together. We worked together. And then she moved back to Poland. And I um, I didn't know it at the time, but I was a uh, you know, budding alcoholic. I mean, I was, I was already a pretty hardcore alcoholic at that time, but I didn't have any concept of what that was. So um, uh, I wanted to change. I want, you know, it, we call it a geographical in the program. And so I, I, I moved. I, I moved for her, though, too. I mean, it can be both yeah. things. Like um, I was both escaping my problems and also you know, running to her. And it turns out um, we clicked. So <laughs> we're still together. But yeah, we moved to... Yeah, go on. How long were you guys married while you were drinking? Uh, okay, so uh, we've been we've been together like 12, 13 years, something like that. We've been married for a little over 10 years. And I have in my phone, so on January 5th or something like that, it, we crossed the halfway. So she's now been married to me longer as a sober person than, yes. a, than as a drunk person. Yes, wow, yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah, so I noticed that and I was like, oh, that's important. But she's now she's still known me longer as a drunk person. And right. uh, and of course that stuff doesn't heal instantly. So <laughs> we're still I wonder it's a process. I wonder if you agree. I was married eight years drunk. That that relationship is probably the most useful part of you today is being a married, sober alcoholic and being able to use the experience of being married through all that stuff as like a useful thing to other people in the fellowship. Do you think that it is? Well, well, for other people, of course, because I think there are a lot of young married people coming into the program and they don't know what to do with things. Also, I've noticed, you know, there's a lot of divorced people, um, which isn't, I'm not against that or anything, but um, if people want to stay married, they, they, you know, they have to have that, see that experience working out. But also for, um, I think it's really important being like, it's helpful for me being married because she calls me on my bullshit, you know? Yeah. Like I can, I can, I I can be 
a very good AA member and I cannot be a very good husband or member of society. And um, I've done that. I've been a very good AA member and just not taking care, you know, not practicing my principles, mm-hmm. practicing the principles. And, um, and she, like, that's a very quick, uh, like she'll, she'll call me on my shit. You know, if I'm, if I'm acting like a dick, <laughs> you know, I can think that I'm serene and, and, and doing great, but you know, she, like, where's that quickly. constant thought of others, Max? <laughs> I'm try- you know, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> so I feel the same way that basically when I'm not practicing the principles, there's only two places where it's really occurring on social media sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in my marriage, it's, it's like he's my first person that I'm not my best self with. It's where most of my program work has to go today. I can be compassionate for, you know, people at the grocery store. I have compassion for sick people in AA, but God forbid my husband forget my chicken McNugget sauce, you know? (laughs) And sometimes like the ugliest part of me comes out and it's where I've had to do my most work. But if you're going to stay married in AA, it's kind of like, Someone said it's the grand final or it's the Super Bowl of recovery. That's what I found. It's where I have to do my most work, but it's also the most beneficial, fantastic relationship that I have in the world. And it keeps getting better as long as I keep doing the work to get better myself. Keeps falling back to me. I just continuously seem to be the problem. Like (laughs) peculiar, I'm still the problem. (laughs) But that's cool. We've been together the exact same amount of time. So I do just have to laugh really quick because where I found you is that you do have an Instagram account. Right. And um, it's called fucking sober. And right. I, I feel like I followed it for since I got sober forever. It's probably the first Instagram sobriety account I've ever followed. Then I kid you not. It was only yesterday after I spoke with you because I was, I saw a post of yours and I was like, Oh, that person's really funny. They should come on. I've been following them for forever. And I looked at your Instagram account and you have like 175,000 followers. And why oh. I'm laughing, why I'm laughing is because it's the funniest God thing where God is like, look at you could literally be Instagram famous, but you have to be anonymous. <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, well, I a uh, couple. I just started making. I don't know. I saw these memes. I saw these a couple other people. They don't do it anymore. But I saw them making memes about recovery, and I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was really funny because it's it, things. These are instantly relatable things. You know, you can be like, yeah. "Oh wow, I get that." So I started making a couple, and I sent them to some of my friends, and they thought it was funny. So I just posted them online, and then I kind of got into it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I try to separate, like, I ne- I've never, I've actually never mentioned AA in any of the memes, ever. I mean, I say the 12 steps, I say the program, and it's pretty clear. I say, I talk about sponsors, and it's pretty clear, like, I mean, there's no doubt. But I don't like talking about AA explicitly. I don't know why, because I just feel like um, if it's going to be that public like that, I just feel like, you know, I don't know. Because mm. I don't want to speak for it. I don't speak for AA. No. I speak for just, like, how kind of fucked up I am <laughs> as a recovering yeah. person. No, but, but um, I love but yeah, yeah. So I love that kind of <laughs> because it's a, it's the truth about it. And so I make jokes about John Barleycorn and Fred, the podcast greater than yourself guys. They actually have a meme account. Do you know that one? So yeah, of course. Dr. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 
hilarious. But like the, when you look through meme accounts, there's like this whole untapped market of active heroin addiction. These memes are hilarious. <laughs> and like there's just, it's just this relatable, hilarious thing that drug addicts and alcoholics, we can make fun of ourselves about our flawed gorgeousness. No, I love it. So thank you for coming to hang out with me today. So my last guest and I ended on page 53. And so we're at the bottom of We Agnostics, which the majority of everyone who comes into Alcoholics Anonymous sure has a problem with God, has a problem with religion. Yes, that's like basic bit shit. You know, it's like not, okay, you have a problem with God, join the club. So does everybody else. And I like We Agnostics, but I the what actually got me over the hump of the god was Bill's story, actually. So I always like to talk about Bill's story when we're talking about this, because he's like the way that he talks about religion and God and all that stuff and why he didn't chase the spiritual solution that Ebby was offering. I really related right. to him. So when we're talking about we agnostics, there's more than just we agnostics that talk about this hump of God. And it's such a huge problem for all of us that they spend an entire chapter talking about it. We, we just missed a be- be- bedevilment. Ah, oh, I can't speak. I, know. I should learn how to speak, huh? Bedevilments. <laughs> I know. I know, but I've read them twice now be- into, because they're everyone's favorite part. Right. Because I like, good. I know, because I can still be that way. So my bedevilment is kind of like my fact checker. So how are we rolling right now in recovery? <laughs> you know, are you having with trouble with personal relationships? Well, today I'm not. <laughs> Are you prey to misery and depression? Not today, but there's been in times in recovery where, yes, I absolutely can get that way. So I like that page 52 in the bedevilments for fact checking. Is that kind of what you think mm-hmm. too? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, we, I, I don't know if we were talking about this on the podcast, but yes, we were just talking about it in the podcast because <laughs> we were chatting before the podcast a moment. So I, I don't remember which, which was which. Yeah, I mean, like, I get called on my shit daily by my wife if I'm not doing, you know, if I'm not taking care of my business. So, yeah, and it it is these issues that come up again and again and again. And it's me. I'm the problem. Again, always the problem. Sometimes I will bring like bullet point presentations about why I'm pretty sure my husband's the problem this time. I'm like, no, no. But look here in blue. (laughs) This is why he's the problem. And it's always been me. And I always tell people the true fucking story. I went to a marriage counselor once by myself when I first went to AA and she goes, where's your husband? And I go, no, no, trust me. It's me, you know? And every time (laughs) she she said it never happened before. She says it's never happened that one person came to marriage counseling. I'm like, no, no, I'm the problem. Oh, it's me, I know. We won't tell your wife that that's optional, that you could actually go to marriage counseling by yourself. <laughs> but we've been a couple times, you know, for little marriage counseling sessions throughout. And it's never, even then, right? Even when I try to hide the whatever's going on in, it's probably bigger than an AA problem. And we go to marriage counselors, you know, it's still me. They're still seeing my bullshit. <laughs> like I'm just, such an asshole. <laughs> right, right. But that's all right. Well, and the reason I think it's all right, because if it's with me, then we have a chance to change it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the big, um, it's the big revelation. It's like, oh shit, everything is my problem. But oh, guess what? That's the only thing I can change. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, 
it's, it's every it's like everything in AA. It's like every, every revelation to me is like, oh fuck, oh no, that's actually good. You know? <laughs> it's me again. Oh, that's good news. Oh, it's me again. Right. Oh, oh, that's all right. <laughs> all right, right exactly. Yeah. And it keeps working. Like me being the problem has continually worked for many years. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, look yeah. at us. Well, because I mean, really, I can only change myself. I can't change. I, there's so much I can't change. And mm-hmm. once I know which I can't change and which I can change, being only me, only me. Um, I can take care of it. <laughs> no, really. It's great. It's like, it's, it's this great, it's so basic and fundamental yet. On a daily basis, I forget it. Like it's the first thing I forget, and also it's it takes care of basically all of my problems in the world. You know. Yeah. Anyway, there hasn't been a thing to date that I haven't been through or walked through that hasn't been solved with this. Nothing. That's profound. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll be just sitting in a random AA meeting, AA meeting, and like look around the room and be like, I bet collectively we've gone through some shit in this room, you know, but here we are just fine. And I think that's really exciting. Like that's really good news that we're fine. See, look at us sitting here in our respective countries that we weren't born in. You got to think it's kind of funny that the two alcoholics ran away. (laughs) (laughs) People talk about geographicals. Like I ran away to Florida. I'm like, well, Ozzy, 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 you know, there's literally wallabies <laughs> outside my house. <laughs> are there really? Seriously? Okay, there are, but I live in like a farmy-ish, you know, part of the town. That's amazing. So. I know, it's ridiculous. There's probably a small animal in your house right now that could kill you. I know, that's the thing. I know, so here's yeah. what I say. It can kill you, it probably won't though. That's what I mean. <laughs> It's like I'm choosing not to kill you today. <laughs> yeah, like, like they... <laughs> Yes, we could die, but we probably won't. Statistics say so. Okay, have we even started to read yet? No, we didn't. You no. said this straight off the bat. You go, we're not going to talk about recovery, are we? Maybe, maybe no, not. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at it. I feel like you're going to, I feel like I'm going to get dragged. Like, uh-oh, I said the wrong thing. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> I will literally correct you on everything you say. Three days at a time. It's. <laughs> 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 Correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'm not correcting you. We're keeping that, actually. From now on, it's changed. It's three days at a time. So keep coming back or don't. Don't ever come back. Literally just walk out the door. Thanks for stopping by. I'm for these changes, so it's fine. We'll write someone. I do area service, so I'll bring it up. The bottom of the, I'm at the bottom of the triangle, you see. So I'm doing a concepts workshop now because this is the progression, I swear to God. Don't, he's like, oh God, we're in too deep with this one. Here's the progression of Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't care who you are, okay? You come in and you go, fine, I'm going to go to these meetings, but I'm not doing that step shit. And then you get a sponsor and you do the steps. You're like, fine, I'll do the steps, but I'm never going to sponsor anyone. And then you have six little sponsees and you're like, that's fine, but I'm never going to start a meeting. And then here you are with your big book in a format. And then you're like, I will never do area service. And then here you are being a GSR going to some CSO meetings. And you're like, I don't even know what this stands for. And then you're like, that's fine, but I'm not learning those traditions. That's for old people. And then you're like, Could we just read the long form of tradition three, please? Because it does say you need alcoholism to be in this room. And then, 
And then finally, you're like, well, now that I've learned the traditions, I might as well learn the concepts. So that's where we're at. And I'm sorry, but you're on that train somewhere, aren't you? No, yeah, I'm, I'm down with traditions. I run into them all the time. Surprise, surprise <laughs> it by posting things online. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> me correcting you in your comment section. <laughs> oh, I remember. No, I remember you because I remember there was a meme that I posted, oh, you know, no. like that. Something about God. <laughs> it was like, do I owe you an really mistake? Oh, what? Fuck. No, 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 because it was, it's fine. I, I don't mind it. What I, what I don't like, I don't know. Some people will send it, it. I'm surprised by how little hate, whatever hate messages I get for yeah. how, how long I've been doing this. But um, it seems like, and since, since June, basically, since like things got real in the U S um, yeah. people have been writing more and more messages. And I, it, it's really like when someone's like, I don't, you know, you're doing a disservice to recovery or you're doing a disservice to AA. And I'm like, well, I'm not really even mentioning AA. So you're not even representing well, AA. Oh, that's, that's too bad. That's really hurtful. But yeah, we talked about that too. Me and my friends who have, you know, the podcast is like how we were pretty much expecting a lot of hate mail. Like I was expect, it says that's not in the book. So obviously it sounds really like controversial and like spiky and it, it's not, I think, um, since March, since everything's gone on, <clears throat> a lot of alcoholics got sick and they got sicker. And then there's this other group of alcoholics who got more well, is what I've seen. It's kind of like you could go one way or another. So I'm not really surprised that more people were saying negative things to you because a lot of people got sick of this If from this thing. You know, if people were only having meeting-based sobriety, meaning the only way they were staying sober was based on fellowship, it's pretty likely that a lot of people got really sick without that access to fellowship you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I know we talk, I mean, I, you know, people say that like, it's the steps to get you sober. It's not meetings or whatever or steps to keep you sober. Yeah. And it's true. It, but seeing it is still, I mean, good Lord. Like, yeah, people really did rely on meetings. And like here where I live, we have a clubhouse and that's really where the only English meetings, uh, English uh, speaking meetings happen. And we shut down and yeah, you're right. Like some people went down and some people, I don't yeah. know, it didn't go up, but like, sort of stayed the same or, you know, strengthen their surprise in other ways. But my fellowship completely opened up with Zoom with the access to people all over the world, you know, and I've just, I mean, so my recovery has really grown just by that seeking through it. I've also seen how a lot of older people could struggle. You and I are not little old people. And we literally spend 23 minutes trying to get headphones to work. Right. So like you can see, I know what's wrong with you. <laughs> so we could see how like the older generation of alcoholics were probably ha- could have had a really hard time getting on zoom and changing their fellowship this way. You know what I mean? Totally. And also I don't, um, I mean, I guess with brick and mortar meetings, you pay rent to wherever you are, uh, wherever you, you have them and you're so you're, so you're beholden to them in a, in a little way and in, in some way. But um, yeah, I don't also, I don't like the philosophically. I don't like that zoom for instance is like now the medium, like how, you know, like I don't like technology being like required, like even, even technological, like uh, what is it? Proficiency literacy. I don't like mm-hmm. that. Like, cause you're right. Like older people, they have trouble. Yeah. Real trouble. Definitely. Definitely uh, had trouble. That's everywhere. So. So we're actually going to start reading, not a sentence. We haven't read okay. one word of this book yet, Max. 
We are zero. I, we probably paraphrased. <laughs> well, we only have like four pages left of we acknowledge. Do we? But there's no way we're getting through it. There's not. I. I and then you, how it works. I give you the end of the page. Tops. Okay. So it says arrived at this point. Well, what point have we arrived at at this point? Where we've become crushed by self-imposed crises and we have nowhere else to go is the way that I read this. Okay. It says that we can no longer postpone and evade. God's going to be everything or he's going to be nothing. And when I say that out loud, logically, it kind of sounds dumb. I'm kind of like, well, God could be some things, you know. (laughs) But at this point, when we get here with like newcomers, (laughs) it doesn't matter, right? Like we're too, we're too screwed for semantics. If we understand what alcoholism is at this point, arrived at this point, we understand we are fucked, fucked. We are not in a little bit of trouble. We are suffering from a fatal terminal progressive illness and we're going to drink ourselves to death. Right. And only when a agnostic feminist, you know, anti-religious woman like me is confronted with literally no other options. Am I going to at least be willing to give this a try? Where did you come at this point? Where were you at this point the first time? I felt completely fucked. Yeah, um, right. And I didn't know what was good. What I so what I think I wanted, what what I thought what would be good for me would be like having a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. get, taking some pill that somehow mm-hmm. fixes me, and then talking about my problems. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw this, <laughs> being you know God being the center of it, being the the like main point. I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't want this. <laughs> so it was like, uh, on the like on the one hand, I was completely fucked, and on the other hand, the only solution that's offered to me is something that I'm dead set against that isn't going to work yeah. for me. So I was like, yeah. oh wow, I'm I'm uniquely fucked. <laughs> you know? Just but hearing they say that, yeah, oh, uniquely fucked. Absolutely, I love that. Well, the the, the oh, therapist. I, I didn't even ask if I could curse. Yeah, you can. It's me. Okay. <laughs> I think you have, you've never even heard the podcast. I'm like, no, no, it's me. It's fine. Again, completely anonymous, like loser drunk. I'm like, no, no, it's me. That's, that's grandiosity <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> you're like, so you're some loser drunk in Australia and you think I should know you? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do know you now. When we get to this point, I love hearing another alcoholic that I don't know, you know, and you're like, Oh, yeah, I read this part and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the wrong place. This just isn't going to work. And I remember saying to her, this isn't going to work. I'll try. I'll do whatever you're saying, but that isn't going to work. And one of my protestations was simply my problems are bigger than this. So this God idea sounds stupid and lame and little. It sounds a little bit too small for what we're going through when we first get here. Yeah. Yeah. So arrived at this point, we are squarely confronted with the question of faith. We couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far or over the bridge of reason towards the desired shore of faith. I can talk about the sentence all day because I see two alcoholic paths. Well, that's broad. Either we go out drinking for a really long time and then we come to AA beaten, broken, and willing to do whatever it takes. We grab it with both hands. We do all the work. We recover and we live happily ever after. Or 
we go to a, a not completely convinced that we're alcoholic and we sit there for a really long time in this half sober fighting the program, not doing the work state. And it's like the same amount of time either alcoholics spend it drinking or they spend it sober in AA. And it can be a really long time for either of those two paths. And then in AA, they finally become beaten down and broken and desperate enough to be willing to do what it takes. Do you see that in fellowship around you? Yeah, totally. And I saw that in my personal experience, too. I mean, my solution was alcohol. It just happened to be killing me by that point. Mm. And so take that away and then not give it not not giving AA a chance, but being sober. It was I was basically pulled to the point of like misery, abject misery, you know, and then, but, but so you said your sponsor, you mentioned your sponsor. My sponsor was great because he didn't object to any of that. When I said that stuff, he's like, okay, that's cool, but we're going to read the book and we're going to go through the steps and we'll see how, how it works. Yeah. And it was, that was so liberating because he said, you can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I thought I was going to like say the wrong thing and get kicked out of AA or something like, Oh, Oh, uh Oh, even though I didn't want to be we there. Have an atheist. I felt like There's I didn't an atheist. There. Get him out. <laughs> I know, right? Like, oh my God, I don't know if I believe this stuff. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but that's the great. And also, like, it doesn't fucking matter what I think. Yeah. And all, I still realize it, it doesn't yeah. matter what I think. Because the first thing I think is always usually something that's wrong, especially if it's about a conflict. If I'm in conflict, my first thought is very wrong. Mm. It's always, if you're in oh, conflict, you're wrong. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. heard that pre-cursed, my first thought is always wrong. I hear a lot people say my first thought is always wrong. And I'm always like, no, it's not. But what you just said is when I'm in conflict, my first thought is always wrong. And absolutely. And that's the first time I heard that. Thank you. That was really good. (laughs) Like you can go on autopilot and sort of, you know, get through things, but Mm. Yeah, as soon as it's as soon as there's conflict, I'm immediately, oh, I'm the right one. You're wrong. This is not how it works. Yeah. That's not right. right, Yes. One sentence we've read. I know. I'm telling you. (laughs) So good. So this part of the book is what I see people in AA for eight years not doing any of the required work who are walking far over this bridge, right? I want what you guys have. I see it working for you. I see that you have something going on in your life that's working for you, but we can't quite step ashore. And so some of the way that I talk about this is simply like, this is a literal document, the 12 step program in the book. This is an instruction manual. It's not a novel. This isn't bedtime stories, right? So when I say that my self-will is killing me, I mean that I can't be run on my will anymore. And a lot of that looks like I am no longer able or wanting to kick the door in to get what I want. And I want a lot of shit, Max. I am. (laughs) I do. I want a lot of stuff. I want like this surgery because I became Botox resistant at 40. Oh my God. God is so mean to me. Hilarious. It's it's really funny. Botox resistant at 40. Do you get how hilarious that is? Do you get it? I didn't it's know that beautiful. was even possible. But... I know. I know. Me neither. <laughs> I want to get the surgery and they like cut the thing so I can't move my eyebrows. Why? Why? Who cares? This is ridiculous. 
what I'm saying is I want a lot of things. I want things. But when the door shuts on my wants and needs today, my air quotes needs, my wants today, if the door shuts, I no longer kick those doors down. And that means I don't get a lot of things that I want. I don't get my forehead surgery because it's really expensive. I don't get, you know, my Botox. I don't get these things that I, I want that I think I need because I'm no longer kicking down doors. So I have to live this thing, which is like, it's hard work. This is hard. Me not constantly being driven by these desires, these insatiable desires that I've been driven by my whole life. You know, this is a literal step here that we have to do where we stop living on this complete self-will. Yeah. It says the outline and the promise of the new land had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirits. And I think that's kind of like, oh, when you were talking, you're like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, this is cool. Let's read the book. Oh, yeah. No, we're not going to do this part of the book. No, no, (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) I must be confused. Skip that. <laughs> Skip this part. It says, but we somehow couldn't quite step ashore. And what is stepping ashore? A stepping stepping ashore for me is the literal action of abandoning myself to God as I understand God. So this is a literal action here. And only, and let me repeat only, was I able to do this on the back of extreme suffering. So I didn't come skipping into AA. Let me give my will to this God that I don't believe in. Nope. It was the opposite. It was, I had to be, I was like fighting tooth and nail. My teeth are getting kicked out. My eyebrows getting shaved off. Like I have no hair because it's getting ripped out. Like I am beaten into submission by pain. And then finally I'm like, oh, fine. You try it, God. And then everything worked out really, really, really well after that moment. (laughs) It says, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we were leaning, had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile. And we did not like to lose our support. That was natural. But let us think a little more closely. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain type of faith? Or did we not believe in our own reasoning? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we'd been faithful, objectively faithful to the God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved the whole time. I like this next little paragraph also. Look, we're going to read this whole thing. I'm super impressed. Right. Right? Almost well, can, three I, can I riff on this real quick, though? Yeah. I like that. I like this thing about mentioning that we have faith and reason when we come in, or some of us, because... um. I, I see, yeah, like you said, it's, this, I see this as a very practical step. And, um, you know, a lot, this isn't just AA. Like lots of people talk about, I think it was David Foster Wallace gave this commencement speech once. Um, and he said that, what, what do you worship? And it wasn't, um, do you worship God or do you worship whatever? It's what do you worship? And I really strongly believe that. Like, what do you have faith in? Like, I still a lot of times have faith in my reason. And, you know, I'm trying daily to have more faith in God and the universe and everything. Um, But that's a struggle. But also, um, you know, people worship everything. People worship money. People worship status. People worship fame. And like, it's important. Like, I like the idea of there is something you worship. There is something that you have faith in. What is it? You need to identify that. Because like this is pointing that out. Like a lot of us are coming in with, and I totally like 
I, it, it's, it comes back to also self-knowledge. Like, oh, if I just figure out what's wrong with me, then I won't have that problem anymore. No. The more I learn about like why I'm an alcoholic or whatever, it doesn't give me more like resistance against drinking. Like it just, just gives me more knowledge that I can use it in other places, but it doesn't, it doesn't help me to keep me sober. I was in a meeting yesterday and a man step-by-step step, talked about how the neural pathways in the alcoholic brain are grooved out and how, and he named how physically we are different than non-alcoholics. And I'm like, None of this matters. <laughs> like it just doesn't I mean, like it's fucking cool. matter. <laughs> or what? But when I was going through the therapy route for most of my beginning of my life, what's wrong with you? We would pinpoint these things in my life that were air quotes traumatic. How many times have I done air quotes to you since we've been on this call? Wow. Like that. I mean, a it's lot like of a constant. Uh, <laughs> a constant air. I'm in recovery. <laughs> I'm sober. <laughs> I'm sorry about this air quote thing. I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm very tired. <laughs> For us to do this, you, we had to do your just waking up and my just going to bed. So know, we both might not be on our A game at the moment. I'm doing a lot of air quotes. That's all I can give you. <laughs> air quotes in the big book. There's nothing else. I don't even know. Oh, here's what we were talking about. I went to a lot of therapy and they would pinpoint the trauma in my childhood, the trauma growing up, why I'm so fucked up. And I remember going, okay, now what? Because you can blame my dad. You can blame the people in my life. You can blame my childhood, but I'm still miserable. Like it's not without this work, just pinpointing the things that are wrong in my life, not at, or talking about them. None of those things changed how miserable I truly was as a, as a using alcoholic. So when we get to this point in the book, we've learned about alcoholism, right? So maybe have you, I don't know. <laughs> I'm over here still drinking and you've never read the book before. We're doing good. <laughs> the AA thing okay <laughs> I go I go I don't know you and we might be in trouble when you said that I went to those AA classes once <laughs> how do I join I don't know <laughs> this is my friend a agent X I met her in that AA class <laughs> you go, I see, I've heard that so much though AA class have you heard it I've only AA heard it a couple times you, and right? I was like I thought that was a joke people saying that oh no they say it it's good <laughs> <laughs> okay, did we not have confidence in our ability to think? I I like this paragraph also because of the misconceptions about what an alcoholic is that we're all, you know, homeless people living in dumpsters. And yes, for a part of my life I was absolute trash, you know, but but the majority of alcoholics aren't. And we need to let you know that if you have alcoholism, that's not a personality quirk. Like this isn't a fault of character. This isn't this is this isn't something you did. You actually aren't less than. You just have an illness, okay? And we know how to fix it. So good news all around. But we're not discounting your ability to think. And I really needed that affirmation at the beginning that yes, you are a strong ass independent woman who's capable of many 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 things. You just under no circumstance are going to be able to think your way out of your drinking. Like you aren't going to be able to think your way better, and I had a lot of evidence of that. And so coming into AA in a 
point of being completely smashed with my alcoholism and knowing I tried everything that my huge brain could think of. Um, I, for me, it was a gift to be there, but I like this paragraph where it's telling you like, yes, you can have a job and a car and a house and a life, and you can have a really big brain and a really huge IQ. That's fine. We're not discounting some fault of character. Simply, you can't use any of those things to take away your alcoholism. Not going to help. It says, we found too that we had been worshipers, that what a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshiped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves, and then with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower, who of us had not loved something or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing. We saw it at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings after all determine the course of our existence it was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship in one form or another we had been living by faith and little else was this stuff like easy for you to come to terms with when you got to this part in the book no way no No. I mean I'm I'm really one of the guys like I people I don't know I the faith sort of came like at a later date this was more like I was really just the guy who like my sponsor was like, okay, just take it on faith, whatever, make the, make the, make the group, your, your higher power. That's fine. We're just going to get through this. And it's only now (laughs) several years into it where I'm like, ah, okay. I get it. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Oh, I wanted to say something before I forget it. Can I just riff? Yeah. You know, you hear, like I see online a lot of like criticism of the program and I hear a lot of criticism of the program. And one of it is that, uh, this isn't made like these, these ideas aren't made for the 21st century. Mm. And, but the implication is that they fit right in, in 1938 or whenever they wrote, when did they write it? 1939, 35. Something like that. 35. Yeah. 35? Really? Yeah, 35. Oh, <laughs> See, I don't know anything. oh um, wait, he got sober in 35. We didn't write it for four years after that. So it's actually oh. nine. You were right. <laughs> Sorry. Wah, wah. Captain Big Book over here failed. <laughs> okay. Yes. So the ideas were there at thirty-five. You're right too. Yeah. Um, but the um, yeah. But the implication is that it, these ideas did fit right in in 1935. No, they didn't. No, they like, didn't. The people that they were talking to were the were were mostly men, but uh, like people in New York, mm-hmm. you know, people who were like, no, this is no, I don't want God. This is BS. Like it was the same people that we are today. And they're saying the same thing, like, we get it. This is kind of like old school sounding. This is kind of outdated sounding, but just bear with us because this this is going to work. Yeah. You know, like, they're saying the same thing to them as they are to us. And I feel like that needs to be said. <laughs> well, I always say that these guys were progressive as fuck for the time. Exactly. 1935, yeah. like, I always joke that if, if I was alive in 1935 and a practicing alcoholic, I would have been stoned to death. Okay, so so the <laughs> fact that like they're not only inviting women but everyone, they even we have our thirds our tradition three came from a transgender man coming into the meeting. Like this that wasn't even there wasn't even a word for it back then and 
And the whole tradition is around inclusivity that didn't exist at all for the time. So again, these aren't all the churchgoers that are like, let's get together. I read about Ebby coming to Bill the very first time I sit down with with newcomers because Ebby was bringing religion and Bill said no. Bill said, fuck that. So the founder of this whole thing is saying, fuck that. So it wasn't working for them either. It's never worked from any of us. All of us are basic bitch alcoholics. We are so boring, you know? And it's like, (laughs) all of us hate that. And so we all fight that. But the truth is, is we're just so boring. We're so basic. I'm like, oh, you're an atheist? Tell me more, <laughs> you know? Oh, <laughs> you don't want to do your it's amends? So controversial. Yeah, so <laughs> controversial. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> Imagine life without faith. We were, were nothing left but pure reason. It wouldn't be life. But we believed in life. Of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that you could prove a straight line is the shortest distance between two points. Okay. What I wanted to say is this third step thing, this step two, three thing, I feel like it comes in two parts. The first is a newcomer looking at it. So the newcomer looking at it is basically absolutely not no. This isn't going to work. This is stupid. And you don't have any evidence of anything in your life not run on self-will, right? So the first time you rock up to this part of the book as a newcomer is an experience that is wildly agnostic, okay? Like maybe you think this is real, but I think it's dumb. So getting over this hurdle as a newcomer is the hardest thing that we have to do in AA potentially. I don't know what your men's were like. Mine were hectic, but <laughs> that this is the first part. For me to go any further, we have to kind of get through this hurdle. But then there's a second part of step two and three, and that comes as a recovered alcoholic, as someone who actually has a little bit of evidence behind us of not kicking the door in. And so when I don't kick the door in for the past X amount of years, things have happened that were better than my ideas. And that's in the book as well, isn't it? So it's later when it says, if I just do this work, things will be better than anything I could have ever planned, which is my experience. And so when we're reading this part of the book, I I always like to bring back to You and I are basic bitch alcoholics who didn't think this was going to work, nor did we want this to work. It sounds like stupid solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then today, can you not tell any newcomer that the central fact of your life is that this works really, really well, actually. Mm -hmm. Isn't that dope? (laughs) I need more enthusiasm. You're like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, no, get excited. That's awesome. (laughs) But, but I'm just thinking about when I do talk to like sponsees and stuff like that. It's like, um, no, no, no. I figured this out. Like you got, you need to co- come along with me already. And it's like, no, no, no. They've got to do, they've got to go through the same exact process I went through, which is yes. fucking excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need evidence. Oh, I see the evidence. Oh, now it works. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need it evidence. Takes, it always does. I mean, they got to take the leap. You got to take yeah. the leap of faith. You got to be like, this is going to, you got to, you got to trust that this is going to work and let's try and do it. Do it the best you can, trusting that it'll work, thinking it might not work. 
That's the leap of faith, basically. I don't even um, think you have to think it's going to work. I don't oh, think yeah? you just do. do I think just do it. I think it's just an action thing. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you just do those actions. I didn't believe it was going to work. I also did the steps really, really fast. So there wasn't a lot did of you? like, like 24 days. I was through those bitches. Oh, shit. I okay, know. so here. I know that that's sort of like, that's in the big book. That's how they'd suggest it. And I know that that's, people say that it's selfish if you don't do it that quickly because you've got to get out there helping other people. That's the solution is carrying the message. I get that. I want yeah. it. Yeah. However, like for me, okay. So, okay. I live in a country other than where most of my family lives. And those yeah. are the people that I really needed to make the biggest amends to. So I couldn't make amends to them for like a year or two, uh, so, because I, I just wasn't going to be doing it over the phone. I needed to be in person. I thought it would be more important to do it in person. I probably could have done it over the phone. Anyway. You did a lot over um, the phone. <laughs> you did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the, um, uh, like, I just, there's some, there's no accounting for time, I feel like. Like, I did the steps probably in about six months, nine months, I think. But then there were some amends that I needed, I waited on, basically. Yeah. So but there was, but I mean, I suffered. Like, I wanted to drink for two years. For two wow. years in the program, yeah, even sponsoring people, I was like, I want to drink. I'm just not drinking. Like, you know, mm. uh, Dr. Bob says, I, like, he's for this two for two years. and a half years. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. And I, like, I'm, like, I'm on that. I was on that. I was on that page. Now I'm not. Thank God. Yeah, thank God, mate. <laughs> no, but, like, it's still, like, I mean, it's so amazing. I I, I know I'm jumping around because I, I jump around. No, I'm with you. Like, the, the not wanting to drink business, like, I, I trust you are too. I'm a perp, like I'm a born alcoholic. I didn't. I wasn't drinking coming out of the womb or anything. But like, I'm like it's in my blood to drink. Yes, I was born and alcoholic. Like, yes. Yeah, and like I'm a I'm like a drink. Like I thought I'd always be a drinker. And even when I stopped drinking, I was like, okay, I'll just want to drink because that's what I am. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like that's, that's amazing. The miracle. That's. I know. I know. But. <laughs> that's what keeps you making memes on Instagram <laughs> and me pulling memers on podcasts to fucking talk about it. Cause it's incredible. We I don't know, think about great. drinking today. Max. Yeah. I haven't thought about taking a drink today. That's ridiculous. It's a miracle. Yeah. It's a fucking miracle. And it's not tiring. But anyway, back to, so back to the steps and stuff. I don't know. Um, like what was it, so? What was your experience in twenty four days? Like what was it like at, at, on the twenty five day twenty five? She said, "I need to go find a sponsee," and I go, "Well, Seriously? yeah." She goes, "Well, people are." I go, "Well, people are going to die if I'm in charge here," and she goes, "Well, just don't make up anything new and just stick to the book and you'll be fine." And then um, at like thirty four days sober, there was a woman sitting outside um, smoking, and she just goes, "I just wish someone would tell me what to do." And I go, well, I could tell you what to do. I just did it. And um, she wasn't an alcoholic. And she spent hours, hours on the phone with me every day telling me about her problems and how she wasn't an alcoholic. And I'm going, what do I do? So what I did is I ran around to every old timer I could and asked questions. And I read this book back to front looking for solutions for her. And about two weeks later, I realized I hadn't thought about myself or a drink the entire time. And I just helped a lot you know I did do so my amends are con a little controversial I attempted to see as many people as I could um right. I did a lot of phone calls if I couldn't see them you know I yeah. don't know 
my resentment and those amends, you know, after the amend process and the resentment attached from the beginning, they never, the resentments never came back. So I'm not dissing phone amends, you know, but are your amends done now? Yes. Okay, then. (laughs) I mean, but I'm doing this, I'm going through the steps again with the sponsor. Are you? Good. It's fun. Every time it's not fun. It's horrible. Every time it's work every time. So that's another thing that I always want to get across. Okay. Yeah. I don't do this because I want to, I talk about it in meetings or on podcasts or on Instagram because the miracle is incredible, but I don't work as hard as I do in Alcoholics Anonymous because I want to be doing all that work. Okay. My concepts and traditions workshops are really pretty boring. You know, like all this area service, real boring. You've probably never met someone as bad at area service as me. And I'm telling you, I'm bad, real bad. I don't want to do it. But um, the side effect, the side effect of all this AA work that I do is I didn't fucking think about drinking today. And that's a miracle. So go us. Where do we stop? I stopped mid sentence. We we didn't even finish the whole sentence. We found um, two. No, wait. It says, "Oh, we could not prove life in the sense that you could prove a straight line is the shortest distance between two points." Yes, there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling into a destiny of nothingness? Of course we couldn't. The electrons themselves seemed more intelligent than that. At least so the chemist said. Hence, we saw that reason isn't everything, nor is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable, even though it emanate from our best minds. What about people who prove that man could never fly? And I really always used to pride myself on my intelligence and my IQ and like, I'm a smart chick, man. It's not, I'm not a dummy. So getting to this point is kind of like, it's such a, I think it's pivotal and incredibly important that we understand that this isn't some mental, well, okay, a little bit mental defective, but (laughs) it's not, it's, it's not that, but the good news is, is when we heal the spiritual malady, meaning when, you know, we become right-sized and whole again, as a, as a result of working the steps, we get to go on to be normal ass, intelligent, PTA moms and swim coaches and mailmen. And I don't know, you look like you might have an adult job. Do you have an adult job? Are you like a professional memer? And I was just going to die if you said yes. (laughs) I think I'd be jealous. Like, you're like, just the meme account, sunshine. The worst professional memer on earth. How much money have you made in two and a half years? Zero. Zero. Probably negative money because I've bought apps (laughs) to use. Oh, yeah. I bet you made zero dollars and the number of people following you is worth so much money. Do you know that? Like, <laughs> and you're like, I can't, I can't. And I remember my partner's always, he's so funny. He's such a like, oh, uh, he's like a corporate guy, you know? And he's always like, you work like 40 hours a week for free. And he's like, how can I capitalize on this? That isn't, that's still spiritual. And I'm like, you just can't, you know, I'm going to have a podcast. And I'm going to make zero dollars from this, you know, ever, like no matter what, I had someone want to donate to help, you know, pay the fee every month and stuff, but we will be at zero with our spiritual life forever. 
forever, no matter what. And that's, it just made me laugh when I realized how many followers you had, like, and you have to be totally anonymous (laughs) and make zero dollars. It's awesome. But then on a side effect, let's talk about the cash and prizes of doing that, you know, like, Right. Do you not have friends all over the entire world that genuinely? No, I have. And I've met lots of great people. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And that's it. You, I mean, that's the payoff. That's the payoff. <laughs> it's love. Love is the payoff. Oh, it's so lame. So lame. Happy mom, marriages, man. happy, content children. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what it is, isn't it? You have a happy life and a happy marriage and a happy child or two or three and one or one, (laughs) an adult job. And we have love today. Yeah. I know. It's good. It is good. (laughs) All this work, it's all right. Ah, that's our hour, believe it or not. We got through a page. Way more than an hour. No, it has not. You literally spent 20 minutes like doing the headphones so. <laughs> i know I, I i said earlier i joked earlier that you were the one you were the problem the one with the problem with the mic and that's not true this is my 10th step amendments <laughs> i apologize that was not true it was i who was who had the mistake we didn't even get to broad highway that's my favorite uh <laughs> word for god in the book broad highway well that's, that's so not even god, that's like, like three more guests I, down the page <laughs> oh the great reality the great reality is my favorite Sorry. Yeah, that we're not getting there today. But you, yeah. I guess you found it deep down inside of you. It is beautiful, but you'll have to yeah. just come back in a couple of weeks and listen to it. On the I know, we, haven't even, I know. we haven't even talked about the paradoxes. There's so many great things about AA in the program. <laughs> I know. That's why I started a podcast about it. <laughs> You're like, but, but what about amends? We have to talk about step 11. All right. <laughs> I want to come back when you do. The last two pages of Two Wives are gold. Are they? Even though I've made I've made a meme about Two Wives not being a good chapter, I think <laughs> the meme is still funny, but the Two Wives is a great chapter. You stand by the meme and also mm-hmm. by To the Wives. Yeah. So. <laughs> what about, you can, okay. You can do both. Are you going to read the stories? I don't know, maybe. I know I've never read them in entirety myself as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, so I don't know what to tell you. I know everyone. What is so bad about the stories? Okay, they, they just don't have any instructions in them. I'm not like an yeah, avid reader. Great, are they? <laughs> What's your favorite? We're gonna read it together when we get there. <laughs> Acceptance was the answer. <laughs> no, there. I mean. Look, when I'm like in bed, I'll have the big book by my bed. And if I'm like, okay, I can't sleep, I'll just I'll just read one of the stories. They're good. I mean, if they were that good, why would they put you to sleep? That's just what I'm throwing out there. <laughs> All right, fair, fair. Just kidding. That was awesome. And um, I just want to thank everyone for listening. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do so at that's not in the book at hotmail.com. If you'd like to get in contact with Max, if you want to, if you want to see like the longest running Instagram recovery mean account in the history of Instagram, it's probably you. The lo- no way. I'm not the first, not the longest, not anything. I'm none of that. Well, okay. For some reason, I think it's a milestone that you're the first recovery Instagram account I personally ever followed. Again, grandiosity. It seems to be a theme with me. <laughs> grandiosity, air quotes in the big book. That's all I have to offer but the maybe world. Maybe he was the greatest alcoholic. 
maybe I am in the world. There is one. I mean, there 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 has to be one greatest alcoholic. I mean, if we're if we're evaluating everyone, it could be you. It could be. Who are you to say that I'm not? Right. That's what we have to look at. Exactly. I called I called a very famous famous instagrammer out on his um anonymity and i go i'm pretty sure that god doesn't want you to be the face of our hundred year old anonymous program and he said how do you know what god wants for me and i was like maybe you're right maybe you are right so maybe i don't know but maybe i am the best alcoholic that there ever was we don't know you can't disprove it but here we are if you'd like to talk to max who i'm uh, please do and see his account. It is fucking sober, which is just, it's just perfect and wonderful. And it's great. officially fucking underscore sober. <laughs> That's what my mom says. That's what my wife says when she's mad at me. Hey, fucking underscore sober. <laughs> she does not. Oh, God, no. She, does, she barely looks at it. She's like, are you looking at Instagram again? Seriously. <laughs> That's her response. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you for coming on and reading the book with me. You'll be back at you the live. Dude, have you even read the fucking book? <laughs>